Hey everyone, welcome back to Music Attic Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Will. And this week we're doing another review show. This week we're going to be doing two reviews actually. We're reviewing the new Health Album Volume 4, Slaves of Fear, and Will's got the pick of White Lies 5. So I think we're going to dive right into this beast. I was actually browsing the interwebs when I found Health. I had never realized that I heard them before. Uh, This is the fourth album from the Industrial Noise Group. Uh, This is the first album without Jupiter Keys, who played the synth and keyboards for all the other albums. I don't know if that's significant or not. I haven't gone back and listened to any any of the old albums yet. Uh, Some people may recognize their sound from playing Max Payne 3 because they wrote the soundtrack for it, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, They also did a remix of Blue Monday for the Atomic Blonde soundtrack. Which I actually think is far superior to every other version of that song ever recorded in history. Personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great track. <clears throat> uh, the album, this album feels like the music they would play in a vampire club. I know I'm pretty um, wingy dingy when it comes to my comparisons, nope, but this nope. is exactly what I felt. I, I felt like this would be completely at home in an underworld soundtrack. Underworld or totally what the music they'd be playing in like Blade when he's cutting everybody up yes. in the club. Yes. Uh, the atmosphere is very dark, but it's very dance worthy. Yeah. Noisy industrial beats flood the album. It sounds like if Trent Reznor decided to make club music. See, I, I felt the same way. I felt like this should actually have been the album that would have followed the downward spiral as opposed to the fragile. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, in fact, they toured with Nine Inch Nails in 2008. Yeah, so it, On their first uh, retirement tour. Right. Uh, the tone of the album is very bleak. The singer Jake Dusick, I think I pronounced that correctly. You did. Said that the lyrics are purposely left vague for the listener. They want you to enjoy the music and not focus on the lyrics. And the vocals are a background kind of like a Gregorian chant. Now, I read that on an article they did in an interview a few years ago. Um, I'm going to assume that this is the same idea. When they, when they make all their music, they, they don't want you to focus on the lyrics. They want you to focus on the music. Which for me is ironic because this was the first album that on an initial listen through, I actually pulled up the Genius Bar and listened to lyrics as I was listening to the songs for the first time. That's how much I enjoy the lyrics. Right. Yeah, with that being said, I also dove into the lyrics in the album. The subject matter is very bleak. There is no God. Death is inevitable. No matter if you're rich or poor, why worry about death? Because death is coming for you no matter what and you can't stop it is the overall tone of it. Yeah, I felt that uh, the, the lyrical content of this album... It's very much the soundtrack for us as a society now. Uh, if you look at like government, I won't get into political speech or or religious talk because it's just not my bag. But uh, I definitely get that this is a uh, is very much a metaphor lyrically for how the the government how the how the country is, is right now. You know, it's a lot. There's a lot of fear right. and unknown and a, a noticeable divide between the upper and lower class. And I think this, even though he says the lyrics are supposed to be like a little bit of a background part of the uh, the experience i really feel like they capture it its essence perfectly absolutely uh yeah so the opening track psychonaut opens with a hollow guitar lick that swells into a driving industrial beat with the sounds like church church organs i think they've, they they yeah. have some church organs in that uh lingering in the background uh i wrote that the track is a good opener that really gives you a sense of the health sound yeah i i definitely get like i i feel from listening to this i hear a a my bloody valentine shoegaze effect if you mixed it with a Nine Inch Nails mid-90s industrial sound. I thought the drums in that song, the, the compression of them makes them sound so big. Right. You know, and then you, and everything else in that song is very calm and 
and lush, but the drums just almost are like a purposeful like counterbalance, like a yin to the yang. And I, I love the drum sound. When when I uh, when I think of the type of drums that I I want to have sound, I I always looking for like uh, you know what sounds like a pipe being beat. Right in the emptiness of a warehouse right and, at midnight. I mean, big that's compression. this is the sound that I want to have. Yep, big com- everything sounds big. There's a lot of compression and an echo on that drum right. kit. So, uh, you have any thoughts on uh, Psychonaut? Um, my thought process was uh, initially it was a guitar, and throughout the entire album, uh, yeah, it keeps coming back. And then after diving more into the band's background, knowing that Justin is playing the guitar as well as singing, it, it really, really puts a spotlight for me on him i think this is a guy that is fast becoming one of my favorite like unknown lyricists and singers uh in the genre you know in this in this album this song in general it really shows you what kind of talent like as a three-piece they have but as just a singular person he has uh the guitars are amazing um definitely like i said it's the drums mm-hmm. there's a chaos to it the rest of that song is completely buttoned up it's beautiful. Everything is precise, but those drums are just almost like a war cry. Yeah, like and it's a great way to start a record. Absolutely. Moving on, <clears throat> the next song is "Feel Nothing." It starts with a pounding guitar and drum beat, and we get our first full-length song. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, Jake has a great voice, but it's put through a lot of filters. He's very filter happy oh, yeah. when it comes yeah. to his vocals, but again, that's because the vocals aren't really supposed to be the foreground. It's just supposed to be a background, kind of a, just an extra instrument. The whole album is singing vocals. It, this is not a screaming album. Yeah. Like when you first hear, you know, it, it almost sounds like a hardcore band from the early two thousands. Like you expect the nice singing voice and then coming in heavy, but it's not. It's all clean vocals yeah. throughout. Throughout, it's, there's some filters and, and washes and whatnot, but his vocalization it's it's very very clean. This to me, I thought feel nothing. Uh, the chorus is such a hook. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like this. If you just take the the lyrical content of it, which is is again, it's dark. It's a lot of hopelessness and uh, and cut and dry. You know dissonance to the lyricism but uh some of my favorite lyrics in the song like the the lyric i'd love for us to sleep at night you know that mm. I, it's you can definitely get like there's a person who's writing this who's up late the the mind is busy and that's the only wish he has it's not for happiness it's just he just loved to be able to sleep at night and that that kind of like got me off guard because it was just a great song to begin with, but that lyric stuck with me throughout the entire listening process. Yeah, this is definitely that uh, L.A. up all night, you know, Yeah, it style. seems like that's the thing. Like, a lot of the artists that we follow that are of that, the noise, industrial, you know, electronic feel, that seems to be a percolating yeah. similarity. Which is perfect for me because I work third shift, so. And I don't sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Most of the songs start out slow. Like, the next song... God Botherer. It has uh, airy effects, which then run into driving dance riffs. Uh, I really enjoyed this track as well. Yeah, for me, uh, again, uh, this is another one where the, my bloody Valentine influence came to, to, to play, and I also felt like this is the closest thing I'd heard is the programming. Dr- the programming is definitely uh, an apex twin feel to there it. There you go, yeah. Um, again, lyrics on point. Uh, and when I first started listening to it, you know how I have kind of an issue with hard driving electronica i tend to be a little bit eh, to it but yeah. i really fucking love this song yeah it's, it's really good uh and that goes into uh black static black static is another one of my favorite songs on the album 
It's got a really sharp guitar riff, and the overall beat just sounds dirty. It's like walking the streets at night through fog and rain is the yeah. vibe that I get off of it. Yeah, and for me, uh, my my take on the song was it was a beautiful contrast in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it, it was there was a little bit of everything. Like I said, for me, it felt like it was the come down from an all night party. Like they were out all night, and this is the hangover recovery song from the track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, next next track, Lost the Looks. Uh. That was the instrumental, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I actually think that was the only. Thing That's the only I, one that I didn't write anything on. It's just. Yeah, it's I think just I just went past it. Yeah. Uh, the next song I have down is uh, NC Seventeen. Yes, yes. I um, did not care for it. Really? I did not like it. <laughs> it was too slow. It's a good song to break up the rest of the album. It just wasn't. It just wasn't my bag. I felt like it really put a hard stop on the rest of the album. I yeah. was like, I was just fucking driving it and then all of a sudden it, it slowed down and I'm like eh it, I would have liked it to just carry through for me I felt like this track could have been just as at home on infinite uh, uh, infinite pleasures on uh, or on a Black Queen album that's really what I got a feel for it musically yeah. it was one of my favorite tracks up until the, the final track which ended up being my favorite track on this record but uh I actually had to do a double take to make sure there wasn't a guest vocalist on this song because Sounds Justin's like vocals were Almost feminine in how how beautiful they were. Uh, that was something I actually had to go back and make sure that I had missed something. And this is when I started diving in more into them as a band. But yeah, I was completely thinking it. This was a chick singing. Uh, the next song, "The Message," has the fastest beat on the album. Uh, yes, the song focuses on the no God aspect and death coming for everyone. So don't worry, you'll be fine. Is the <laughs> lyrics in this? Yeah, I, I really dug it. Yeah, it, it and. This was and in, in the, in the the thing about that I I definitely feel the same way. It didn't stick. I mean, like some of the other tracks around it did, but uh, I definitely I I liked how he's kind of approaching the lyricism as you know he's saying it's not something we should focus on. But if you actually start digging into it, you're like, wow, this is if if you just took every apathetic youth of the modern times, this is pretty much it's almost like a like a like a, like a cattle call for him. Yeah, absolutely. Next song, Rat Wars. Uh, <laughs> I was I, every fucking time I listen to this song I, I'm sitting I'm waiting for like gangster rap to kick in <laughs> with that fucking sick beat the the drums it's, it reminds me of all drum and bass rap oh yeah oh I my god I definitely felt like that there was it was definitely a drum and bass I was just waiting for it I'm like come on somebody's gonna break in with some fucking rap and then Jake breaks in with the slow singing yeah just fucking mixes awesome with it. it and, it's such an interesting effect yeah and this is i think that that whole approach of like that combining like angelic vocals and calmness with that just insane dissonance this is where it's like on in full effect um for me the first time i listened to rat wars i heard reptile by nine inch nails which yeah, is yeah. one of my uh, favorite nine inch nails tunes it's a song for me musically that that kind of resonated uh verse wise i won't read a lot of the lyrics but i really the song clicked with me uh Big time. I probably spun it four times before I went to the next track. That's how much I dug it. Yeah, absolutely. Which says a lot because the next track is Strange Days 1999. This is a song that I <laughs> I saw and I was like, Will, you need to listen to this fucking now. It's 3 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Listen to this yeah, song. Yeah, I was driving out of Portland in, in, a, in a snowstorm and I get this text from Joe, you need to listen to this track. And of course, I put it in the car. You know, bass is up. Sound system is on point. And I'm getting on the highway when that fucking machine gun drum line oh kicks in. I'm like, oh my god. 
yeah, this is this is my favorite song on the album by far. Uh, and, it, and it's the first single. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they released Strange Days. I mean, uh, Slays of Fear. I don't think they released Slays of Fear no. before this. But no, Strange Days was a single release with a video for it. And, and the video. I, yeah. I'm just like, because I was working and, and you were blowing up my, my, my phone. I'm like, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it. And then I'm like, no, like, now. Listen to yeah, it fucking like, now. I can't right now. I'm literally like, I'm watching kids die on the ice. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when I did listen to it, I'm like, I literally said it and I put it in the notes this this point. The rest of the song could be an absolute trash fire. Yeah. I'll give it five stars because of the fucking drums. Yeah. The programming the, that is just insane. The, the fucking machine gun effect before the chorus is incredible. Yeah. Because it's like it's all calm and it's luring you in. You're like, okay, this is a nice little piece of music. And then, then just and it's like, oh my! Like, I have a problem trying to figure out if that is a a sound clip, if that is an effect, or if it's a fucking a mixture of the drum and guitar. Like, I'm really like driving in trying to figure out what the fuck that sound is because it isn't awesome. Yeah, it doesn't sound like your typical drum. No, sound. you it's, can't. It's, make, there's a processing no. to it of some sort. I, I literally thought they went online, maybe found like some files of a machine gun or yeah. something and, and just, just altered a little bit. It into like a, like, a, like a sampler system. You can't. I can't. I fucking... I, I, I put my stereo to the max yeah. on this song. It's so fucking oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It kills you, and it's great. And the music video is fun, too. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a true, de- true reality detective-type crime drama where the drummer is accused of killing the singer... And they find him because of bite marks all over his body. It's it's really fun. It's yeah. it's not really a it's for a serious that, thing for an album that has a, such a serious undertone. Like that video takes the piss out of the rest of yeah, the, the entire feel of the album. It's really good. So I highly recommend Strange Days. Yes. Listen to that song and then get into the rest of them. Uh, the next one, uh, Slays of Fear, opens with a bass picking line and sounds very airy, very atmospheric. Uh, Jake's vocals bring you in on the first verse to relax you. Then verse two kicks in and fucking shatters your speakers. Yeah. Uh, the song then transitions back to the lower side and back and forth for the rest of the song. But that took me off guard. The first, like I said, the first verse is very nice and relaxed. And then <laughs> verse two kicks in and just explodes. It's really and good. It rains itself back in. I, uh, my notes for this track, uh, my personal opinion from Rat Wars on, like, the entire album is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the Wrong Bag instrumental, I think the last four or five tracks in this album really shine. Oh, absolutely. Um, if this was just an EP, those four songs... Yeah, are, Rat Wars, Strange Days, uh, Slaves of Fear, and Decimation, that alone, I would, I would have given it 10 stars. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the title track, like, my, my takeaway from this, is, and I keep coming back to this kind of songs for a jilted generation... Uh, I, I think it's a bullseye commentary of how modern apathy works. Uh, most of us were, were tied into something electronically, and I really felt like Jacob's uh, words on this, uh, it, it's it's perfect, you know, because we're all connected. We're all bleeding for uh, the, the adoration of, of, of strangers. Uh, but uh, this song uh, should be, it could be on a radio station, and if it was, it'd be fucking huge. Right. It's, it's definitely got pop appeal, and everything about it is goddamn perfect. Mm-hmm. Closing out, the album closes with the track Decimation, which has a beautiful guitar picking throughout. Uh, Jake's voice comes through really nicely. The song is overall mellow, haunting, and the album fades out with two minutes of instrumentals. Now, I gave this song as an allowed pass, as my douchebag self will say. I know I said that NC-17 was too slow, but that's because it was stuck in the middle of the album. But Decimation is where it belongs as a closing track. Yeah, yeah I, I looked at this song, and as with Rat Wars, I listened to this song for about a good 20 minutes 
I just put it on repeat and listened to it because I fucking loved it. Um, this really showed me, as a group, they know how to mix an album. They yep. know how to put, like, even though I know it, it definitely has a different feel to the rest of the, the album. But it, like, I kept coming back and to thinking, uh, of this is the way the world ends, and this is the way it should end. If this was if this was a, a, a commentary of like watching the world fall apart, this track nails it. The guitar and just hearing Jacob's guitar playing with the mix of everything else in the lyricism in this track, it's just uh, it it just captures what they're trying to put a force in this album perfectly. Um, yeah, absolutely. This uh, this is another album right out of the gate that's making my contender list for top albums of 2019. I wish I'd learned about these guys sooner, but I gave this a 9 out of 10. This is a fucking perfect album, and the only gripe I have is NC-17. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you. Um, usually, like, I, I we both have a, a different sort of taste when we, when we venture outside of the things that we're linear on. So I always am somewhat tepid when you send me something and you rave about it, because I'm like, okay, I, I hope I like this. Yeah. And oh, I try to I try to remain calm. When I send you something that I'm excited about, it's because I'm pretty nine out of ten times correct that this is up your alley. Yeah. And when you sent me this, and then the first time I listened to it, I, I listened to it that entire ride home in the snowstorm, and I think yeah. maybe just chemically I wasn't there. But when I listened to this again and went back through it, I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. And for me, it's a nine out of ten. Absolutely. And uh, and I, I, the one thing I will say about not finding a band sooner, it gives you a whole bunch of stuff to go back and look at, which is, it's almost like candy for a baby because. Yeah, you're not than, waiting for the next album yeah, to you drop. you have five or six records to yeah. go back and, and deal with. And they just released, they just released this album a couple weeks ago, and then they just released an entire soundtrack for Grand, Grand Theft Auto. Auto Online. Yeah. How amazing is that? This just tells you, like, you're looking at something that's completely different in modern music as opposed to your classic rock guys who would put a record out every four years when they were younger and every ten years as they got become more established. These, nowadays, it's the second it's in their brain, they're putting it on, I would say it on wax, they're putting it well, on it's, record. It's so easy to record now. Yeah. I mean, today, I mean, all you need is a phone and yeah. you can jot down your ideas. I mean, it's, it's really easy to record your ideas and carry them with you so you can work on them. And I'm happy for it because you get you get like stuff like this and then three or four weeks later you get another record from the same band. Yeah. And it's and it's equally amazing. All right everyone, so uh, that is Health Slays of Fear. Highly recommended. Like I said, check out the song Strange Days and uh, that will give you a pretty much good feel about the album. Absolutely. All right, well, next is your pick. All right, uh, let me get the uh yeah, the, the list of notes out. Now, uh, the album that I picked to uh, to kind of run along with this was the newest album by the, the British band White Lies. Its title is Five. Uh, it's in reference to this. is the fifth album they've released as a band. And uh, reading about their opinion on this, this is the celebration of them becoming a band for their second decade. They've been together for 10 years. Really? Um, they, uh, they, they started off as, a, as another group called Fear of Flying. It was more of a sarcastic tongue-in-cheek sort of thing they were trying to be something they weren't uh they realized uh back when they first started white lies they were writing music that didn't fit their current projects so <laughs> they uh they changed it and the one thing that's unique about this this is one of the few bands that the guy who's singing is not writing the lyrics which at first i was you always are kind of hesitant or or skeptical when you notice a guy singing isn't the guy behind the words but uh harry uh mcveigh the guitarist and singer and charles case the bass player work really well together and you would never know Harry's not writing the words. Yeah. Um, 
That said, uh, the reason I'm a big fan of White Lies, and I bring this up, is uh, I'm a huge Joy Division fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very big fan of a lot of that that post-punk or early 80s Warsaw sound. And uh, a lot of bands over the last 15 or 20 years, especially British ones, have tried to emulate that sound. Editors, Interpol, um, etc. But uh, the funny thing about White Lies is they're not fans of Joy Division. They are more of a talking heads, cars sort of influence band, even Tears for Fears. You can definitely hear it in Harry's voice. It definitely has a Tears for Fears sound. That being said, um, let's just jump into it. Uh, it's a short album. It's nine songs long. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Joe says about this because I know this is definitely no, not. not. Oh, no, I, not. I, I am. I am because I know it's not up Joe's alley. And I will say. I gave it a fair, I gave it a fair swing. Yeah. So. And I will say, compared, comparatively speaking to their last few albums, um, their, their last album is very much trenched in 80s synth wave. And this is kind of more of a, a, a return to their early works where it's more, it's a little more organically sounding than, your, than, than their last couple records are. So that being said, let's uh, get into Time to Give. Uh, it's a straight-up pop intro. Um, it's interesting for me to hear them do something with a traditional electric piano as opposed to a synthesizer. It, uh, I didn't love it. Uh, I didn't hate it. Um, I think the song uh, is good. Uh, if you really start listening to this, especially through headphones, you really recognize that Charles Case is a very skilled bass player. Um, as a power trio, he carries a lot of responsibility in making the music work, and he's probably the best musician in the band. I can agree with that. I really dig the bass. Uh, <laughs> listening to this album, I found myself just scrambling to write words. that The first words that came to my mind. So let me just read you directly what I wrote for Time to Give. Reminds me of an 80s soft rock. For some fucking reason, all I could think of was an 80s soft rock. The Cars. It's, there you go. That's, yep. I couldn't pinpoint it, but it was the Cars. The cars. Uh, spacey. Yep. Nice keyboard reverb effect. I yep. really dug that. I'm not a fan of overlaid vocals halfway through. The whole, it was confusing, and the last three minutes was a pure repeat fest. They could have shopped another fucking two minutes off that song. Literal notes. Uh Two completely different guys writing 20 miles apart. We haven't read each other's notes, so I'm interested. Yeah. This is basically how I put the last part of this. The only knock on this song is that I actually, as I was going through it, I thought the song started again. Because the last two minutes of that song could honestly be chopped off. And I feel like because they only had a nine-track album, they had to add something to it. Yeah. Because they didn't have a bunch of stuff to work with. That said, the last two minutes of that track, they could have just chopped off and thrown in the trash. That being said, uh, next track, uh, Never Alone. Uh, this is where I noticed the, uh, the love of talking heads. It bleeds through. If you listen to the rhythm section of this group in Never Alone, it's a fucking dance hall track, which a lot of early talking heads is. Yep. Um, another example of what having a skilled bass player with style can do, um, that's a slight barb to someone we used to know. Uh, you can be talented <laughs> all you want, but if you don't know how to play with, with nuance and, and taste, it doesn't mean anything. And in this case, Charles' yep. case, no pun intended, is one of those guys that his skill level really shines in this song. Um, if you ever, another band I, I would say they sound similar to in this track is another band is, it's uh, Friendly Fires. Very danceable, very post-rocky. Um, I definitely got that vibe from this track. And see, this is, this is why me and you are best friends because we have, I swear to fucking God, <laughs> we have the same fucking, because I, I wrote down good tune, drums. I love the running groove throughout. Yeah, it's, it really, it's, it's, it shows you the, uh, the, where they can go at like a lot of this is is very like very pop rocky very 80s pop rock but there's some of the stuff when they get out of their their comfort zone yep. you see how skilled they really are and uh, the last two words i wrote about it was a nice course see i 
I'm I, I'm really approaching this podcast by taking the objective out of the music that I'm listening to and focusing on. Well, no, I'm taking the subjective out of it and focusing make, on objective. objective. I, I, I want to make educated uh, critiques of the music. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I I can't try to understand the nuances and exactly. give it a fair shot. So. Yeah, I think in general, I think it's actually making us more rounded. As, as Absolutely, hundred percent. I would never have listened to this, and I would never listen to the whole album. But I actually found myself picking out a couple of things that I dug about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's the one thing about White Lies. It's it's nothing you're going to write home about. But if you're listening to it, you're going like, hey, that's a decent song. And there's definitely some guitar riffs later in this album that you're like, okay. This, if they showed a little more of that, I'd be on board. Absolutely. Um, next track is "Finish Line." It was the first single released from Five, and and uh, it's it's a departure from the signature sound. I always felt like when I when I first heard this song back in I think November, I was kind I wasn't disappointed. I was just a little unsure of where they were going because it definitely has more of a '60s California feel at the beginning, like almost like that Hate Ashbury. You know the guitar is kind of jangly. Uh, it did. It was different than their normal approach to a song. Um, I just wrote boring. <laughs> That's literally the only yeah. word I wrote next the, to this was the one boring. Thing I, yeah. The one thing I can say about this, it, it's, it's an example because this album, song was huge, like overseas. And I don't want to sound like you know we're Spinal Tap, but there's there's something I've noticed over the last couple of years where there are big we're bands, big. British bands, like you know Biffy Clyde was a perfect example of that. That are massive. They're selling out hundred thousand seat shows. And they're playing like at the Paradise in Boston to four hundred people. Right. The White Lies is just like that. Um, uh, the next track, uh, "Kick Me." Um, it, it was a really good track. Uh, it was you know nothing fancy outside of the fact that I really thought the outro to the song was really damn good. That's interesting because I wrote "Skip Me." Skip me. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get through the whole song. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I I really tried, and I did make it through the whole song, but I was just like this. This is where the album started. Finish line and kick me. Well, I was like, "Holy shit! What did Will make me listen to?" But that being said, the next track, Tokyo, fucking best song on the album. Yeah, and it's a song that you could literally just you could do a social experiment, walk through like a mall, and just play this over the loudspeaker. So many people start bobbing. And within twenty minutes, ninety percent of those people, if they don't know the chorus. They'll be bopping to the song because it is catchy as fuck. And it'll warm its way into your brain. I gave them a high enough metal on this to say that it sounds like a Duran Duran B side. Yeah. yeah, and I, I definitely I definitely get the same vibe from that. Like, you know, the fact that uh More of this. Yeah, I agree. More and, of this. And this is a This run- is your fucking lane. Yeah. And I, I've said this for very a long time about White Lies, is that they are sometimes their own worst enemy because every album they have a song or two just like this, so you know it's in them consistently. But they choose not to go after it, and whether it be this or if you go back to uh, getting even or bigger than us, they have the ability to write perfect pop tracks, and it's a shame they don't follow that path more than they do. All right. Uh, the next track is Joe. Um, a little ironic. It's it's drop that, the e at a question mark. Yeah. Um, it's old school white lies. This is very remnants of their earlier darker sound. It's definitely got more of a Joy Division y sort of essence to it um i really love the guitar in this song yeah i do too um, i love everything about the, the song itself i hate mm-hmm. the chorus though you take yeah. the chorus out fucking throw it in the trash other than that it's a perfect tune i wrote uh, i <laughs> i didn't want to like this song because i was like come on you you can't like the song that's like kind of your name yeah. i'm like i i thought it was a good song uh, it's more upbeat like you said the guitars in this really sold it for me 
uh, it was just an overall fun track, I thought. Yep. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, and, they, and it carries on. It seemed like after it lost steam with uh, with the tracks before Tokyo, it really felt like the last part of this album really picked it up. Uh, Denial, the, the, the effects on Harry's vocals, I fucking love them. Um, that and uh, lyricism, I, th- I think, is great. Uh, my biggest take from this is, again, it's the second song in a row where the guitar is on point, and Harry's solo in this is pretty damn tasty. The name of the song is Denial, and uh, if you want to read what I wrote next to Denial. Joe, <laughs> one word, no. Yeah, no. Fuck Denial. Didn't like it. I liked, I liked the guitar in it. Um, again, it's, it's not their thing. It's, it's just yeah. not them. Yeah, and I, and I get that, and it, and it's definitely that that track is a little bit different than the, what they've done throughout their career. Um, they usually their guitar is used as more of like a, like a taste enhancer, as opposed to being a main part of the song. And I felt like this was a guitar track, which yeah. was a, a very interesting for them because it's not usually what they do. Um, for me, uh, the next song, which was the second song I heard from them in anticipation of this album, was "Believe It." Mm-hmm. Um, this is my no track. I, really? I, I, I honestly, uh, I think it's because I listened to it a lot and I wanted to really get a good feeling of this album going in because this is the first time I've heard advanced tracks from their albums and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care for the song and like basically my line was another classic style uh, White Lies track. It's solid, but it just didn't really do much to move me. Yeah, I, I wrote I, that I liked it. It's... Uh... Again, it's another upbeat song. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's the thing about them that they've always kind of characterized about their tunes, even though they definitely have a dark sound. If you look at a lot of their lyrical content, there's definitely an uplifting feel to a lot of what they write about. And uh, it leads into the last song. And uh, I'm going to preface the fact that when I first saw this track listing and I saw this title, I'm like, why the fuck are we singing about chicken wings? Because <laughs> it's all I can think about is like somewhere in the world. There's a there's a there's a uh, bar, uh, hot wings place named Fire and Wings, Absolutely. and I'm just gonna put it right out there. I fucking hate the name. They should have changed it. Yeah, because it, 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 it I didn't fit. get the I didn't get the vibe for it. What 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 the fuck did the fucking track title have to do with anything? Because it doesn't. That's the one thing about. I get it if like that's the chorus. Like you're talking about fire and wings or whatever, and I get what the uh, the, the analogy is for the track. But you could have gone in so many different directions. Like break out the source and say, okay, this is what we could put instead. Uh, that being said. Um, I really like this song and we've kind of harped on closing tracks a little bit here. And I think this was another key example of right choice of closing track. I feel um, it's the right close of a chosen track. I wrote, no, it's better, but still no. <laughs> See, I, I, I think when you get towards right after the singing, you get that guitar hook with the synth alongside of it. You know, I'm big on hooks yeah. and I think the guitar hook in that is just tasty. Um, and the, the synthesizer work on it is, is key too because I think it, it mirrors the guitar perfectly. Yeah. So what are your uh, final thoughts on the album? My thoughts are this. Uh, it's a really solid album. Uh, I I have, hesitate to call it an album because it's nine songs and there's a lot of filler there. Um, even the, at worst, the songs are, are decent. Uh, there's nothing there where I'm like, I'm not writing no on a song. But, but at, at the same time, as a person who's followed their career, it's it's not their strongest record. But it's if if this is the indicator where they're going in the next ten years, I'm going to be interested to see where it takes them. Yeah, um, uh, who, do they have a good producer? Because I feel like they could really benefit from if a producer took them in do. and cleaned them up. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about that is that they actually have a pretty massive uh, like following, like in Europe. Like, mm-hmm. This is a band like. 
their first three records have all launched like at number one on the British and European hmm. charts. It's it's interesting. It's a dichotomy of like how you know up far apart different parts of the world are as far as her taste in music. Uh, yeah, you'd think it, um, but they've actually had some pretty decent guys, uh, guys that have worked with Muse, um, early Radiohead guys. I mean, you're not talking about like their big producers, but you're you're talking about guys that have an idea of how to make a, an album sound good. And uh, I think if you go back and listen to their last album, Friends, you will see a marked difference. I almost feel like this was intentionally, not lo-fi, but it, it definitely has more of a home quality feel to it. And I think that is a purposeful thing for them, maybe like a, a new start. But their previous albums had a very, very uh, Roxy Music, uh, Brian Eno sort of feel to them. What's your uh, out of 10? Um, my feeling on this, uh, it's probably a six and a half out of 10. It's, uh, it's, it's not game changing. It doesn't move the, the, the charts for me. It's good. And there's a lot of songs there when they come on my Spotify playlist. I'm not going to skip. So I guess a six and a half out of 10 is about where I need to be. <clears throat> Yep. I, I can wrap this up in a couple sentences. I feel like they really shine when they are into the upbeat groove. Yeah, I feel like I said I'm, I'm not going to repeat myself over and over again, but no. this this is their fucking lane uh, because the slower stuff is just too boring. I think they get lost in what they're doing. Yeah. They don't know how to maybe finish, or they don't know really the new. I, I don't know. I, Some not, bands can capitalize yeah. on using sparseness and atmosphere to their advantage, and I definitely agree that. Uh, there's only been a few of their song, slower songs throughout the course of their recorded history where I'm, I'm, on, I'm yeah. on page with them. I don't hear anything in the downbeat songs that made me want to keep listening to them. No, not on this record. It reminds me of Lord Huron. <laughs> the, this is interesting. I wrote, the singer sounds like Rick Astley and Morrissey had a baby and he was the lead singer for Simple Minds. I, I can hear that. I definitely can hear that. I mean, you definitely hear a lot of 80s influence, yeah. especially the British side of it in Harry McVeigh's voice. Yeah. Um, you hear it, you feel like you've heard him before, and, and it's, it's it, it seems to be a common thing happening nowadays, so I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, so we're, we're in the, same, we're in the yeah. same boat there. I wrote a question now for you. Is this lo-fi echo voice style going to be a trend? Because I hope not, because the Black Queen already ruined it for me with Infinite Games. And this is a fucking Lord Huron thing now. Yep. This is even a Trevor something thing now. This is a health thing. This, I mean, it's getting a little much. What my personal state take on this this whole phenomenon, and I use it that word loosely. Um, this is the downside about a lot of bands self-producing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little downside about uh, with the classic rock acts where they took four years to put a record out. Uh, part of that being is that. It took a long time for them to get their vo- voices where they needed to be. Uh, the trade-off of putting out an album every four to six months is that you don't have a lot of time to clean your vocals up, and it's an easy way to hide any sort of imperfections or just continually going over and over. Because you know a lot of these guys, they, they're on their laptops fucking with yeah. these all night long. And I think it's an easy way to, to not spend four weeks working on one song to get your vocals cleaned up. That's my personal opinion on it. All right, well, that's uh, White Lies with Five. Uh, we want to do a quick song uh, review, and it's from our buddies over in Sweden, Port Noir, P-O-R-T-N-O-I-R. Uh, they just released a new song titled Young Blood. That's correct. And this is something completely different from Port Noir. Will and I have followed Port Noir since the very beginning with a pulse. And I don't, I think that was the very beginning. Yeah, that was, uh, we, we discovered them. A friend of mine turned us on to them in early mm-hmm. 2013, 2014 ish. And he's like, 
I know you love metal. And I, love you, I know you guys love good vocals. And he's like, just check these guys out. And it was yep. the Pulse album. And it was something really, at the time, I hadn't heard before. No. Be- if you want to just look up Tide, yeah. Port Noir and Tide. Sun Demand or Tide. You, you will not be upset if you do. We caught these guys early enough that Will and I have actually kind of created a little bit of a relationship yeah. through Facebook Messenger and stuff. We actually talked to uh, – I talked to Andreas a lot, who's a guitar player, and uh, Will actually talks to the singer. No, love. the drummer. Oh, drummer. the drummer, yeah. Love. Yeah, yeah. AW. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I know we bother them quite a little bit here and there, but uh, we've made it known since we first heard the, the teaser to this track that we were going to uh, review the song, and then when the, the release hits, we're going to review the album because we really – from the second I heard the first part of this, and it was great watching Joe listen to the track for the first time this morning. So it was uh, it was pretty awesome to watch the uh, the, the – the absolute shock. Christmas morning shock, shock and joy on his face. Seeing Andreas on the fucking synth was like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And the dirty bass lick that uh, yeah. Yeah, loves bass loves and playing it's, is it's, fucking amazing. It's, it's interesting because they, they their sound has progressed over the years, and I finally feel like they've hit their wheelhouse with this song. Yeah. That fucking bass line that this loves playing is good. prime. This is, this is a whole new Port Noir. Yeah. This... This is not screaming music. Let me put this out there. This is this is singing music yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of you are like, oh, it's going to be fucking screaming. No. no, this is singing music. Like to, to put it out there for fans of Muse, fans of uh, Royal Blood, uh, Death from Above 1979, and more of the uh, the harder driving side of Queens of the Stone Age. We yeah. fans of this. This is a record. If people pay attention to it, it could really take these guys to a place they deserve to be. I actually I, I texted Andreas. Before we started recording, I said, congratulations, Young Bloods is a fucking banger man, much respect, and he just texted me back, said, thanks, dude, really appreciate it. So it just shows you that they do keep a a grounded relationship with their fans, and they're not afraid to reach out. I mean, fuck me and him. I was talking to Andreas about uh, his Pokemon Go experiences while he was overseas on tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a great thing about it, because a lot of times you, you wonder like how recording musicians interact with their fans, and this is a perfect example of how a lot of these guys pay attention to... Uh, what people are saying keep their finger on the pulse so anyways check it out uh highly recommended track of the week from us yeah new uh, young bloods in the album is the new routine which is being dropped in may uh these guys are a well-kept secret um i think if you give them a listen you'll find yourself skimming through all of their back catalog because they are really really fucking good yeah they're really good i also uh really recommend neon the Neon EP is great. Neon. Uh, and this is song, Neon, yeah. by oh, itself, yeah. is really good. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on, and, the, and, and every song is something different. These yeah. guys have a wide palette of taste in music. Yeah, and, and it changes throughout. I mean, it, uh, Pulse was a different sound than the e- Neon EP, which was a different sound than the Any Wind the Wind Carries, and this sounds like a whole new song. So bravo to you, Port Noir. We fucking love you, and uh, continue doing what you do. But anyways, that's going to be it for the week. Remember to find us on Facebook at Music Attic Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. And don't forget to email us with any of your questions. We'd like to have enough questions at some point to do a Ask Me Anything oh, type episode. Yeah, that yeah, would be Q&A a Q&A show. Yeah, I would love to have that. And uh, the same goes to anyone out there. Again, bands, uh, you, you want us to check your stuff out. You want an honest observation, you know, throw some stuff at us. We love to listen to new music. Uh, reach out. Say hi. We love you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to recommend us any albums that you'd like to hear us review and trip over ourselves trying to sound like we're smart at, please send it to. So anyways, uh, that's going to be it for this week. I'm Joe. I'm Will. Love you. Peace.